Good morning, good morning, good morning, my church. It is so good to be with you on this Sunday morning. Um, first, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life and the creator of my life. Um, I also would like to take a moment briefly to thank uh, the co-pastors of my church, Lewis and Stephanie Tucker, our mentors, our accountability partners, our friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. I am so humbled to have the opportunity to share the word of God with the My Church family and friends. Before we get things started, let's just bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear gracious and merciful Father, we come to you just to give thanks, Father God. You're an amazing God, worthy to be praised, Father God. We ask right now in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you speak to our hearts and speak into our minds, Father God. Answer prayers, Father God. Fill the voids in our life, Father God. We just ask right now for your direction and your guidance and your wisdom and your understanding, Father God. We have come forward, Father God, to hear from you, Father God. So speak into our lives, Father God, for we are a valley of dry bones, Father God. So give us the life, Father God, that we need to continue to do your will in your work. Father God, be with me on this day, Father God. Remove me, hide me behind your cross. Bring back to my remembrance everything you've shared with me privately so I can share with your people publicly. And I'll be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. It is in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. My church, we are so excited to be here. Uh, my name is Leon Williams, and uh, we are church partners with my church all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina, beloved community church. So uh, on behalf of myself and the First Lady Rochelle Williams, we are so excited to just be able to share with you what God has shared with us. Family, the church is in a very peculiar place. Uh, in many communities throughout the world, the church stands erect but the church, according to many critics, is considered to be spiritually dead. And in many corners of the world, the body of Christ is in need of restoration. Now, restoration cannot occur if there is no acknowledgement of brokenness, if there is no acknowledgement of fallenness, if there is no acknowledgement that there has been a separation from God or the people and the people are scattered. So before there can ever be restoration, there has to be an acknowledgement of truth. And the truth of the matter is that we have fallen short as the body of Christ. But there's a message in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 37 that gives us one possibility among many of restoration in a vision that God gave the prophet Ezekiel. So if you turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37, we'll be starting at verse 1. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible. And for all of my note takers, the title of today's message is Can these dry bones live? Can these dry bones live? Chapter 37, verse 1, 
reads as follows. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by, by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Here it is in a vision, God places Ezekiel in the middle of a valley of dry bones. And this is just a vision that God gave Ezekiel. And then the spirit takes Ezekiel up and he, he allows him to see a 30,000 foot view of all of the dry bones. And the Bible tells us that in this, in this valley, there are many dry bones. And so the bones represent the house of Israel. And if we read uh, chapter 36 and chapter 37, there's a message in here that God is giving to Ezekiel as a vision to see how he's going to pull things back in order. So the bones represent the house, the whole house of Israel. And the reason why the Bible used the whole house of Israel is because it involves the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. So God gives Ezekiel this vision. And after he had told him in chapter 36 that, that this day will be soon coming, that one day all of my people, all of Israel, all of Judah will come together. But the question remained on the table, how is it possible to get Judah and Israel under one house? So it's been prophesied, but it's, it seemed impossible because the people were scattered. So I wanted you to get this context to help you understand what is the purpose of this vision. And in many cases, when people are scattered and not under one accord, they are oftentimes separated from Christ and dead in their spirit. So God gives Ezekiel a vision. And while he's observing these bones, watch this. He realized that the bones are very white. In fact, they're bleach white. In other words, the, the bones are very dry. And, and, and some argue that due to the exposure of the sun, but another thought is the bones are very dry because they've been out there for a while. How many of us have been away from the church, dead in our spirit, and we've been we've been away too long? So this this, this symbolism that's found in this vision is so great that, that Ezekiel looking at these dry bones, there are many bones, and he and the, and the spirit had to bring him up so he can see, watch this, the width and depth of the dry bones. So he didn't want him to stand in amongst a few. He said, I need you to see how many are spiritually dead. But here's the thing that's really interesting. The bones are not buried. They are scattered throughout the land, but they are above ground. This is so good. The bones are not buried. I gotta say it again. They are scattered throughout the land, but, they're, but they are above 
ground. The symbolism here in the vision is that there is hope for restoration. There is hope for regeneration. There is hope for resurrection. Watch. And so God says to him, Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? Now, this is deep because God doesn't say, can these bones live again? Which would imply that the bones could live once more. Or in addition, God is not asking if the house of Israel or the body of Christ can live again. God is asking, can these bones do something they've never done since Adam? He says, can these bones live? He didn't say, can these bones live again? In other words, we've been out of order since the days of Adam. And now God is asking a question for Judah and for Israel, the whole house of Israel. Can these bones be restored? Can these bones be regenerated? Can these bones be resurrected? Watch. He's not only asking physically, but he's also asking spiritually. This is so important because when God doesn't work because of God and who God is, it's not just the coming together and being in church, but there has to be a spiritual connectedness in your relationship with God. And so Ezekiel answers and he says, oh Lord, oh Lord God, you know. And I love this in Ezekiel's answer because it's a short, simple answer. Oh, Lord God, you know. I love the humility here. I love the respect and the honor and the reverence here. Ezekiel answers uh, by saying, God, you know if these bones can live and how they shall live. <laughs> God asked Ezekiel the question, can these bones live? Ezekiel comes back and says, God, you know. God, you know. You know if they will live, can live, and how they shall live. Uh, see, Ezekiel understands that God is the creator of life, that God is the giver of life, and only God can determine what is alive and what is dead. This is so good. More importantly, Ezekiel understands that a restored life, a, a regenerative life, a restored new life is dependent on God's power. He said, you asking me, God, I'm going to turn the question back to you because you know. Man don't know. Only you know. But, but watch how God involves Ezekiel. So, so it wasn't that Ezekiel was trying to be dismissed. And, and kind of like, oh, God, this is more your responsibility. It, it wasn't that. But he was actually speaking in reverence to God, giving honor to God. But watch, watch how God now pulls him back in. See, this is where we think, oh, we think because we may be good that we have no responsibility of those that are lost. We are more than responsible for helping God with his agenda here on earth, right? And so God doesn't want to do the work by himself. God here on earth has assigned you to be part of because you're a covenant partner with God. And you have to work in God's will and his work. And so we have a responsibility to help those who are lost. 
Watch what God does to pull Ezekiel in. He says, prophesy to the bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and, and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This is good. This is good church. God says, prophesy to the bones. Pastor Tuck, I missed this. I, I preached this sermon, this, this message before, and I missed this totally. He says, God says to Ezekiel, after Ezekiel says, only you know if these bones can live, God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones. And this is where I miss. God says, prophesy to the bones. In other words, if these bones are going to live, if the body of Christ is going to be restored, if the body of Christ is going to be strengthened and have power, if Judah and Israel are going to come together, Ezekiel, I need you to prophesy to the bones. In other words, God says, I need you to preach the word of God. He says, speak over these bones. I know what I can do, but I'm telling you, I need you to preach my word. I need you to say exactly what I've said. I will give you the power and the authority. Speak over trials and tribulations. Speak over heartache and headache. Speak over misery and depression. He said, you got to make these bones live. I can do it. I know what I'm capable of doing, but I need you to believe that you can speak over these things just by using my words. But here's the warning. What you say is just as, as important as knowing who is speaking. Pastor Tuck, I don't believe that, that this is what Pastor Tuck taught me. I don't believe what I preach. I preach what I believe. Ezekiel, you got to go ahead and say what God tells you to say. Watch verse five. It says, thus says the Lord. This is important because oftentimes pastors, we get off on our own tangent and we think that these words are our own and they're not. And God was very clear with Ezekiel. He says, thus says the Lord, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This is important. <laughs> the power and authority of prophecy comes from God. Oh, Ezekiel is the delegated authority of God. He is not God. But it is important for Ezekiel to, to, to know what this message of restoration is all about, why deliverance is very important, but he has to also really know that it's God's doing. That he is not God, but he is the delegated authority of God. Too often when we preach and teach, we get it twisted to think that something uh, outstanding it, it came from us, but it's not us. It comes from God. So God is teaching 
ancient Ezekiel to say and use my words. So here's what happened in verse seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Oh, I love that. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. This is good. When Ezekiel first prophesied, the bones came together, bone to bone. And then the sinews, the muscles, and the flesh came upon them. This is amazing because in order for the muscles and the flesh to come upon all the bones, and knowing that the bones were scattered, then the bones must come together and be in order. No matter where the bone is, the bones found themselves their connection to another bone. And before skin and, and, and muscles can come upon the bones, the bones have to find each other. Here's the message to Israel and Judah. Regardless of where you are scattered, this is God's message. Regardless of where you are in captivity, whether you're in Babylon or somewhere else, there will be a day where everything that's scattered will be restored. One body and one Christ. He is in the valley of dry bones. Bones are scattered everywhere. The spirit lifts him up so he can see the width and depth of all these bones. But when he began to prophesy as it was commanded by God, bones found each other. Bones connected with each other. And before the flesh and the muscles can be uh, uh, on the bones, the bones had to come together. It doesn't matter where you are in your Christendom. You could be in the United States or Mexico or Brazil or Russia. But one day when we're all caught up, it's going to be one body and one Christ. Yes, we'll be scattered. Yes, you may not be with your home church, the church you grew up in. You may be at a new church. You may even be lost, but you're still a believer looking for a church. You, We will all be scattered, but we will all be caught up. He will bring us all together. We will be restored. And see, this was the issue for Judah and Israel. God's people, but scattered. God's people, but living in captivity. So the vision for Ezekiel is that God will bring all of his people from the nation of Judah and the nation of Israel together. But there's a problem. Bone found bone accordingly and in order, muscles and flesh and skin. But the Bible says, there was no breath in them. <laughs> Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy now to the breath. <laughs> prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breathe and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet 
an exceedingly great army. We got to go back to Genesis to help them really help us. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, during the days of creation, uh, God did two things in creating man. The first, he formed man from the dust of the ground. But the second thing, he breathed his own breath in the nostrils of Adam, and man became a living soul. Here's the message. Without the spirit of God, man is lifeless. See, it's one thing to prophesy and get everybody to the church. But if you ain't preaching the word of God, they are just a vessel that came in and a vessel that went out. It's just the body. But at some point, when you're preaching the word of God, that spirit will move and connect with their spirit. And they'll walk out with a new spirit and a new understanding and a new walk in life. Here's the point. Man is more than just physical substance and formation. Man is spirit. And so let's go back to verse 9. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. To the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. I love this. I love this because, because God gives Ezekiel an opportunity to be like God. The only other person that's breathed life into us was God in Genesis. But now he instructs Ezekiel that you can be like me. I'll give you my power and authority. You are the delegated authority of God. Now you can speak to the wind. Now you can speak to the spirit. In other words, give these bones life and give these bones power. But here's more. You can't just church physically exist. You can't just come to church. This was the problem with the whole house of Israel. They were scattered in captivity and serving others. They existed, but there was no spiritual connection. Look, you can be physically restored and spiritually empty. You got to get it. You got to get it. I don't want us to stop at this place of restoration. You can be physically restored and spiritually empty. You see it all the time. People give their life back to Christ or they, they walk around with a cross on their necklace and tattoos on their arms and bumper stickers, but don't have no relationship with God. There's no Holy Spirit in them at all because they have grieved the Holy Spirit. They have suppressed the Holy Spirit, but they still walk around in existence. So you could be physically restored and spiritually empty. This was the case for Judah and Israel. But through God's unconditional love, he saw better in them than they saw in themselves. See, the only way for the house of Israel and the unbeliever in 2023 to be restored is through Jesus Christ. And those who reject Jesus will remain dead, a nation of dead bones, a valley of dry bones, spiritually lifeless. New life can only come through Jesus Christ. And the only way to make the bones live, Ezekiel, is to put God in it. That, that's, that's the message. The only way to all my pastor friends out there, the only way to, to make the bones live, and the only way to restore the, the, the body of Christ is we got to put God in it. 
because that's the breath of life. And it's interesting that, that, that they had no breath in them once the bones and the skin came together. There were nothing until there was the breath of life, the breath of God that came into them. So I want you to take away from this message a few things, but here's the first one. We all experience brokenness. We all experience this, 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 the depth of emptiness. We all sometimes fall into our sunken place. But there is something that God has done through his unconditional love that has given us a way out. So you have to choose ye this day whom you shall serve. Because that's the only ticket out of your darkness, your sunken place. You have to choose Christ. You have to make that choice today. So here's your opportunity to choose Christ. If you believe, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, you have received salvation if you believe that. If you believe that God had, that Jesus had this ministry here on earth, and that he was crucified and he died and he was buried, and on the third day he got up with all power in his hand, then then you receive salvation. That means that the Holy Spirit has entered into you. That doesn't mean that the enemy will go away. It doesn't mean that uh, you'll have a total break. What that simply means is that you will have a greater shield to protect yourself from the enemy. Salvation is key to enter into the kingdom. You, you have to have salvation through Jesus Christ. And so the the, the, the invitation to Christ is so important to your walk so that even in the valley of dry bones, there's a faith and a trust that God will give me life again. That's regeneration, that God will restore me, that God will re res resurrect me, if you will, on here on earth. And so I want you to understand that it's no, there's, there's not an end for you. See, when you choose Jesus, it's eternal life. And that's why the resurrection and regeneration and so on is greater than the actual birth because when you're born, you're gonna die. But when you're regenerated and you're resurrected, you get eternal life. So we have to get to this place that we move beyond the cross. And we understand that it is the resurrected life that we stand in need of. But you can't have that without having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's your invitation to Christ. And I'm quite sure, I'm quite sure if you've given your life to Christ, that my church will be there for you to support you. If you receive salvation today and looking for a church home, my church, I've been there and I'm in North Carolina. I've been there. I know the pastor's heart. I know there's a place where love and care and nurturing will take place. Someone who will walk with you, someone who is a theologian, if you will, someone who is humble enough to, to not talk down to you, but talk with you. If you want info more, more information about the ministry and the website, it'd be shown on the bottom of the screen. It's www.lovemychurch.org. I'm going to say that again, www.lovemychurch.org and just click, make a click today and they'll contact you. They'll reach out to you. You just got to take the first step. 
If you've been blessed by today's message or if you've been blessed and continue to be blessed by my church ministry, there's some giving instructions because you may want to bless the, the ministry itself. To sow a financial seed into my church, you can do it through Cash App with dollar sign My Church Lynchburg through your Cash App or visit lovemychurch.org, sow a seed, HTML. I'm going to say that again. If you want to give and you want to sow a seed into this ministry through Cash App, dollar sign My Church Lynchburg, or visit their website at www.lovemychurch.org forward slash sowac.html. I want you to not get off the line. I want you to stay right here because Pastor Tuck and my church family have a few announcements for you to keep you instructed and in awareness of what's going on at the church. God bless you and have a wonderful Sunday evening. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we wanna make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit mychurchchannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.